Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Listen for the unexpressed thoughts and feelings behind what people say. Often their words will only mask their real intentions. A common tendency when speaking is first to test the water to see if it is warm enough for swimming. What Swamiji means by that test the water is a person will, you know, just bring up an idea, just a little bit of what they really feel to see what kind of reception they get. And if the reception is is cold, to use the water image, or a a put-down, then often a person will just retreat and not really say what they mean because they they won't feel any receptivity. I watched Swamiji work that in reverse. In one case that I really remember, there was this man who had was living at Ananda village for a long time, and then he he sort of got into a bit of a rebellious mood, might be what you would say, or or felt called by God, or who knows. Eventually, sort of, uh, he, he made an alliance with a woman, and uh, he moved away from Ananda and tried to start an alternative, tried to start a community on his own in some property that she had, I think, or something like that. And for about 10 years, um, he worked with her on that project. And Swamiji had never really thought it was the best thing for him, any aspect of that, but he had been determined and he felt inwardly guided to do it, and Swamiji wasn't about to contradict his, his, his inward guidance when he felt it. He thought it was far better to support him in this um, detour away from the straight line of his life than it was to oppose it and then have the man become more rebellious against Swamiji. Swamiji had a, a principle which he held to very carefully, which was he was, a pers- he was a friend. He was a friend to everyone, and maintaining the friendship was more important to him than winning any small point when no principle was involved. And he was also very astute about human nature. As he said, this man is in a rebellious mood, and if I thwart him, he'll become more rebellious. But if I cooperate with him, he can run his rebellion, and at the end of it, we'll still be friends. So then, for the next literally 10 years, Swami kept in touch with him, and the man often was came to see Swami, or Swami went to see him, and on quite a few of those occasions, I was present. And I would watch Swamiji always test the water. He would just sort of, you know, talk a little bit about what the man was doing, what was going on at Ananda village. He would test the water to see if the man was still committed to the trajectory he was on. As soon as it was obvious that he was still committed to that trajectory, then Swami would start talking to him about what he was doing. And he would make suggestions about how to make it more successful. And all that the man perceived was that Swami was helping him. And he never noticed Swami testing the water. I did, because I was very attuned to it. And finally, the day came when Swami tested the water and the man said, you know, this isn't really working out for me. I think I'd like to move back to Ananda village. And Swami just said very simply, oh, that would be a good idea. 
He didn't say finally, he didn't say about time, but he didn't, he never said that, even though he could have said that at any point, because he would test the water and he would find it wasn't true. He wasn't, it wasn't timely, is what I mean to say. So I'm talking about it on the opposite side, when we're not listening. (laughs) When we're not listening and we just hear what we want to hear, which is why precisely Swami says, listen for the unexpressed thoughts behind what people say. I mean, some people are quite confident and able to put out their ideas, and others, even they themselves, might not even realize that they're only hinting. So it's, it's a very good idea to try to feel the energy behind. And if you feel reluctance on someone's part to speak, or you know they're, they're beating around the bush, try to relax your receptivity, relax your defensiveness, uh, enhance your receptivity, you know, expand your aura in many of the ways that Swamiji has been talking about this whole month. In communication, expand your aura, think appreciative thoughts, become deeply patient, become very quiet inside, and then even maybe you won't have to do more encouraging than that verbally, but you can also sometimes say, I don't quite understand, what are you trying to say? Or could you make that a little more clear? Or you know, is this, what, is this what you wanted to express? If you have an idea of what they wanted to say. Um, uh, Sri Yukteswar, in auto, <clears throat> an autobiography of a yogi, puts it, he says, always try to hear behind the confusion of men's verbiage what their true thoughts are. Because to actually imagine that people, one, know what they're thinking, two, can put their thoughts into words, or three, have the emotional courage to actually put their thoughts into words, is really asking too much of most people. So we can also be a friend to someone by, by showing them that we're quite receptive to whatever they have to say. We can also be a friend to someone by offering them a, a, a space, a, a, a receptive consciousness that will also enable them to see what it feels like to express myself. But of course, if you do that, you have to hold to it all the way through. You can't just sort of lure them into expressing themselves only to fulfill their worst fear and pounce on them and destroy them for what they've said because then everything is lost. So it can't be. It has to be a genuinely supportive, neutral stance that you're working with. I've often observed, this is just interesting thought, You know, when when we talk to children, at least ideally, when a parent is relating to a child or an adult is relating to a child, the child's full nature is just beginning to express. You know, uh, when a baby is born, the entire consciousness comes in. The full intelligence, the full spirituality, the full awareness, the the soul is present. A person can have a tiny body but they don't have they don't have a small soul nor do they have a small personality nor do they have limited karma because they're just a baby the whole consciousness is present what is absent is the ability to express it and also what is absent is the ability to know the context in which they find themselves it's fascinating in autobiography of a yogi because master remembers clearly into his infancy and he talks about you know crying bouts of tears as an infant, just causeless as far as his parents were concerned, which was just the sheer frustration of being in a baby's body and being unable to express himself. 
And then he also talked about the babble of many languages that was going on in his consciousness from many different incarnations when he spoke many different languages until gradually the the, the Bengali syllables that were spoken by his family began to sort of sort themselves out and he began to move his thoughts into the expression of Bengali. And so as children grow up, they get a context. They sort of get understand what the rules of life on this planet are. They begin to develop the language to express it. They have enough experiences that they can apply their intelligence to, which is, the intelligence is present. Again, it just doesn't have context. Um, this is just a, a, off to the side, but um, when I've done some creative work making costumes for the school plays for our children here, or helping with it, um, sometimes I'll need something, you know, like, you know, because we're not very authentic, but I have to make a medieval something or another, or, or a royal something or another, and I, I don't have the, the budget or the inclination to get something authentic. So I'll have to just figure out what, what, the, what can I find that I can repurpose for this. And someone gave me the marvelous phrase, which they called it a Martian solution, which is if you were a Martian from another planet and you walked into Home Depot, as an example, or CVS Pharmacy uh, or Walmart, it's a place where there's just a whole bunch of stuff, but you, you didn't walk down the aisles with the thought in your mind, there's a paint bucket, you know, there's a storage basket, there's a, 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 a non-stick frying pan, you know, there's a colander. You would just see objects, and you would not know at all what their intended purpose were was. So creatively, myself and my other customers, when you need something you don't know what you really need, I've often just gone into one of these big stores and just walked up and down the aisle until I saw something that would actually work perfectly well. Most famously, one of my friends made a really marvelous hat for one of the three wise men for the Christmas pageant. And if you look closely, it's a mold that you make jello in. <laughs> you know, just they make they made those sort of multi-tiered, um, curved, really interesting patterns. So it was a marvelous hat. She put it on, she sprayed it, she covered it with jewels, she put some fabric, and it looks so exotic. And then you if you know you after a few minutes you think, that's a jello mold. <laughs> Well, anyway, the children are Martians. I mean, they really are Martians. They don't know that the present is what was in the box. They think the present was the box because the box is so much fun. I can climb in and out of it. I can make all these things with it. Swami Kriyananda talks about how when he was a child in Romania and uh, he and his friends were playing uh, knights, K-N-I, knights, uh, like uh, soldiers, brave soldiers, and they made armor, and they made armor out of uh, cardboard from these big cartons that things had been shipped there. And so he was Sir Handle with Care. <laughs> and there was Lord Fragile. <laughs> and then there was somebody probably called, you know, Sir Postage Due. Because <laughs> that's what it said, but why not? Those words mean something to us, but if you were a Martian, they would be perfectly reasonable. So when children are talking to us, they're Martians. They just... They don't know yet. They're not by any means dumb. They're just from another reality and they haven't completely integrated into this reality. So when you talk to a child, you're always interested in what their point of view is. I mean, one should be interested in their point of view and one should be interested in helping um, sort of to bring out their point of view. And part of the reason you want them to bring out their point of view is 
if you're if you're getting to know a child or even more if you're raising a child or educating a child <clears throat> you can't assume that you know what the destiny of this child is or it's unfortunate if you presume to, to know that this child's destiny is what i want it to be you want to find out who this child is what they're inclined toward what inspires them what what brought over talents do they have what are their concerns so we always try to bring them out rather than shut them down by telling them now i'm talking ideally some parents behave just the opposite but with adults for some reason we'll we'll talk to adults in ways that we would never talk to children and i see people in families who are incredibly patient and appropriate with their children and unbelievably rude to each other just like suddenly i own you suddenly i know what you think suddenly your point of view bores me suddenly you have no right to have a different point of view or i'm not willing to put out the energy to actually help you become who you're trying to be why and so it's a real question we have to ask ourselves why there's a um a wonderful book called return from tomorrow it has another name now it was written by a dr richie and he had a a really remarkable death and return experience if you haven't read that book it's really quite a marvelous story but the essence of it was he died of the spanish flu in uh, right after world war 1 and let's see no this would have been world war 2 because he was older than that but he got he got sick he got sick with the flu it wasn't the spanish flu that's my imposing upon it because of the presence but he just got the flu he got sick he died right at the end of the war of the flu but he he didn't stay dead he came back so he was a young man just in his early 20s and uh when he went to the other side he met Jesus and Jesus just said how much of you loved and the man had to admit not very much he'd been quite a selfish young man and there were countless examples i'm not going to tell the whole story here i might tell it somewhere else but he just kept trying to protest that he was just a young man and you know wasn't really his fault and jesus was having none of it he just kept saying to him how much have you loved and the the young man was mortified to realize not very much at all and when he came back he completely completely not only changed his life he absolutely changed his priorities and he realized that in every encounter with another human being with another sentient creature the only question was how much do i love so when we're with people try to really feel who are you and how can i help you you know imagine imagine that everyone is your first born beloved child how would you relate to them then you know the these great loves are given to us so that we can elevate everything to match them they're not meant to be singular they're meant to be the example of what we're capable of so swami says listen for the unexpressed thoughts and feelings behind what people say often their words will only mask their real intentions a common tendency when speaking is first to test the water to see if it is warm enough for swimming god bless you my friends Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.